you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. That's right, that's right. Bruce, Life After Addiction, episode 15, man. We're coming off of an awesome episode with our special guest, Pastor Scott Horde. Talked about a lot of different things, man. And today, uh, we're going to talk about something that that is kind of different people view it from different ways, right? But it's a reality of the, of the man, the, the lane that God has us walking in, in addiction, a recovery. Uh, we're going to talk about relapse, right? Relapse, uh, different people think different ways about relapse, but relapse happens in the addiction recovery world. Uh, Bruce, what do you think, man? Lead us in here. Uh, from a biblical worldview, right? That's how we're going to approach things. What? How do we approach relapse? How How do we deal with relapse when it comes to our program? And what do we think about it biblically? Well, I could just say, man, I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> man, what an opportunity to have a forum where we can just say what it is that we believe and without any hindrance. And thank you for those who are Downloading it and listening to it because, um, you know, with, without you guys, we, we wouldn't get the word out. So let me just say this about relapse. I was a relapse king. I mean, I owned it at one point. It, it became the thing that actually caused me to give up and thinking that, well, man, this is all I'll ever be. And I'm better at this than I am the other. And so why not just be it? Mm. Uh, relapse can be the ultimate destroyer for somebody if they don't take it within the right context. Yeah. So let me just give a definition, just a broad stroke definition. Relapse, what we're talking about in case, man, we we have people that uh, listen to the show that don't do drugs, you know, and, uh, but I just looked and man, I, I, according, we have over or right at 400 downloads and man, we are, <laughs> Early on in this thing, but relapse, broad stroke definition, relapse is someone who is using drugs uh, or alcohol or anything really that's life controlling. They go a period of time without doing it uh, and then they do it again. And that is classically defined as a as a relapse. Now, there could be more of a medical term, more of a, a official way of describing it, but that's what we mean. And I think most people understand that. But relapse. Um Man, it, it can be, it's so, it's when you hear it early on when I was going to these other places, it was like the R word, you know, uh, relapse came with a lot of, um, a lot of different emotions, a lot of different failures in mind. Uh, and I don't know, man, it, it was such a, it's such a devastating thing, man. It was something that you, you would hear and you would be fearful of and you would be afraid of. And then when you did relapse, you just said, I'd be interested. You didn't say a number, 30 years of an addiction. <laughs> give me a number of how many relapses you think you've had. And, and let's just say, let's give, let's give a mean here. Let's say after 30 days of being sober, quote unquote, uh, how many relapses do you think you've had in 30 years of an addiction? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess it, you have to define it like what would be considered a relapse because I lived for a long time not thinking I was relapsing at all, but I was all the time. <laughs> that was a complete denial. You know? 
and then the point in my life where I realized it was a relapse because I was actually trying. Um, man, I, I can't give a number, Adam. I, I can say it's probably in the double digits, I know, and, and probably towards the higher end of it. I, like I said, I was relapse king. And, I, and, and, and the thing that's so devastating about it, we can put all kinds of emotions to it, like you said, but the biggest killer of all that is shame. Shame. Because, and we can't have this episode uh, and talk about this thing without comparing it, you know, to what God sees in it from a biblical perspective versus the worldly perspective. And so that's where the shame comes from. Yeah. And so if my expectation in relapse is that my value only comes from how many clean days I have, yeah. then relapse is devastating. And in the shame of that, the and and how we try to not even expose it because we know the shame is coming, and how it destroys us back to ground zero again, thinking that everything we've gained has been lost. Well, then relapse is a killer. Yeah, yeah. So here, I'll I'll give I'll I'll let everyone know how how we as an organization as a facility how we deal with it if someone. Um, I don't know whether they they somehow snuck drugs in or went on a pass or someone brought them some. I mean, just the mass majority uh, are so many different ways that someone can sneak drugs in. I mean, this is this might come as a shock to someone listening to this, <laughs> but I'll tell you this: prison systems spend millions of dollars trying to keep drugs and paraphernalia out, and they can't. And we don't have that kind of budget. If someone's going to want to do drugs. No matter where they are on this planet, they're going to find a way to get them in and do drugs. Uh, now, we have systems in place. We drug screen more than any any place I've ever been in, and I've been to a few rehabs. We drug screen at least once a week. Uh, and so that, you know, just to have, we catch that stuff. And so we have, we have good houses. We don't have constant relapses. We keep it a good, because we deal with it. Um, yeah, but we've seen it all too. Sure. Yeah. And so here's how we deal with it. Uh, so someone will have a relapse. Uh, we've, we've drug screened them. It comes up as a dirty, uh, a dirty drug screen or dirty, right? <laughs> That's the language we're You're using. Dirty, dirty drug screen or a positive drug screen. There's a positive way of, you tested positive. <laughs> uh, so someone will have a, a drug screen that's positive for a drug. Uh, and so we'll deal with a relapse in two different ways. One way is well, always confrontation. We're going to bring them in, sit them down, tell them we love them. Right, I'm not going to judge you, man. Why? Because we've relapsed. We just want to ask you what happened. Now, the way we deal with it is two different ways, and it's really based on how they are reacting. If it's, man, I didn't do that. Man, I didn't. Man, your test is wrong. All right, well, let me test it again, man. I'll give you the benefit of doubt because we love you, you know, and we want to believe you. We'll test it again, man. Same thing. It's showing up the same way, man. Your tests are wrong. Something's wrong. Well, okay, man. We even have a third fail safe. Um, you know, we can send it off to the lab. Um, we can send it off to a lab, and you know, and that costs quite a bit more money. Um, and so we deal with it a different way. And then it comes back from the lab. Yep, they have this le- this many levels of this many substances in their in their system. And so when dealing with that person, we call them back in after two days when it gets back to us from the lab, and we just say, "Hey, man, so here's what's going on." Da 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 da. And finally, they're either going to completely deny it or finally admit it because they're backed in the corner. They have no more outs. We deal with that person different. Then the person that we bring in who's been – heart's been pounding all night because they knew they're they knew they're, they're going to get drug screened. They're going to get called in, and we do call them in, and they're just immediately humbled and immediately remorseful, and the conviction's coming on them. They confess. 
all right there. We're going to deal with that person's relapse different, right? Than someone who's just adamantly denying it, adamantly saying, oh, it wasn't me. And then finally, when they're back in the corner, man, I guess, you know, something could have gotten sprinkled in my water. Like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> We're going to deal with it because the reason that we deal with it different is because the the hatred for it, the growth that comes from the slip up or whatever you want to call it, is already naturally beginning for the person who's humbled and is feeling conviction and is honest, truth, right? Mm-hmm. Versus the person that's just adamantly denying because, man, we, we've got to deal with them in a different way, maybe a more severe way, maybe a lot more things protected around them. Like, okay, well, man, since this happened, you can't go to the gym anymore, right? You can't, we've got to... Maybe it's, protect you from yourself. Right. Yeah. So a lot more different circumstances until they realize, man, I just got to be honest. I don't want to do this anymore. And so we'll deal with it different. Right. Uh, and that's kind of leading us into what we think the biblical approach is when it comes to a relapse. Um, the Bible doesn't clearly talk about the word relapse, but it does talk about situations and things around it. Right. Absolutely. And, and there are some verses we're going to point to today in this, but one of the things in terms of the truth, which sets you free, right, um, is that we expose the thing that's killing us, and therefore it has no more hold on us. If we're not willing to do that, then we're dealing with some things that present some consequences, because let's face it, and human nature says sometimes pain is the best way to learn. That's right. Suffering, not meaning I'm going to beat somebody up, but like you just mentioned, we, we take a privilege away or something like this where they, they feel the consequence of their decision-making. But God says that nobody's perfect, mm. that we're all going to fail all the time. Yeah. And so if you think about life as a continuous relapse because nobody's perfect. Mm. But, Interesting. So it doesn't matter whether you're dealing with drugs or you're lying or you're cheating. or <laughs> I mean, We're all relapsing all the time. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, man, relapse is actually part of the growth process, part of sanctification. But here's where it gets real. Here's where it gets real. In the kingdom of God, if you're saved by Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, you have been redeemed, no longer condemned. Therefore, sin no longer has hold on you. Death has been conquered, right? And so the way in the kingdom of God looks at relapse is, man, where is your heart? Where is your heart in this? Because God is willing to forgive. And just as you presented the model in which we do within our ministry, where it's grace, it's grace, but it takes two, right? It's the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. God says, you've been forgiven, but that forgiveness comes only with confession and stop denying what you're doing. And God says in this whole thing, there's this word in the Bible called turn that we, we deal with in principle three, which says, which talks about self-control. And self-control and relapse go hand in hand, right? Because if I have no self-control, then I'm relapsing. But it's not God shaming you in the relapse. It's God saying, pick yourself back up, turn back to me, and let's keep going on. Nothing has been lost. We, we pick ourselves up. We finish the race, the Bible says. We, we act in accordance to God's will. We, we, we put to death the things that are trying to kill us, and we continue on. And, and and the Bible also talks about where your motives are in this and that we to examine ourselves, right? And I just want to turn to uh, God saying to you, look, be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. 
That's Philippians 1.6. And, and also in 2 Corinthians, it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Mm. And so what God's saying, look, is you've been forgiven. And the idea is that you're growing. And what you used to struggle with in the past should become less and less uh, of what you're struggling with today. But if it's not, if it's just a continuation of the same thing over and over and again, you're seeing examine your heart. Like, are you not convicted? Do you not feel? And, and that's, it's not that God's not forgiving you that. It's what shame are you holding? And do you really believe and have faith in what it is you're trying to achieve? And so there's this whole will of God in that. But what I'm trying to say is, man, in comparison to some other worldly models of recovery, where your only value comes from clean time. And when you relapse, you go back to day one. In fact, in some circles, you're not even allowed to talk for 30 days. You, you, you have to wear the shame, and it's all about starting over. Yeah. Whereas God says, no, turn to me. Yeah. Let's finish the race. Yeah. Nothing has been lost. Where's your heart in this? That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. And, and so I, I kind of want to address three people. Um, one, the person who is fresh in recovery and scared to death of a relapse. Two, the person who just relapsed and they're feeling it. And then three, maybe the family member who's never battled addiction and hear us talking about this relapse, about their loved one or potential relapse. I want to address all three of those. So one, to the person feeling the shame who just relapsed or who just dabbled or who just made a mistake like Bruce just said, turn. The Bible doesn't say start over, go back to Genesis and read. You should read Genesis, <laughs> but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't say, "All right, go back to the per, the pastor that baptized you. Tell me you need to baptize you again. Uh, do all this." No, it says turn. Boom, move forward. Paul and and uh, Bruce was uh, you know hinting at this verses in Philippians. It says, "Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own." But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And he goes on and he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's your message. Get up, man. Get up and move. Don't just waller in this. Get up and move. Hate that sin, though, right? Hate that sin. Hate it and, and love God, right? And press on. Don't just say, don't flippantly just say, but I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll address that when I'm talking to the parent. Now, to the person who is in absolute fear of a relapse, man, I've gone to 14 different treatment facilities and I've done this and I've done, now I've made it 35 days and I just, oh, I'm so scared of what might come. What would you say to that person, Bruce? What would you say that they're sitting here living in fear of the next relapse? Yeah, I'd say that there's two things in that. One, it's either healthy fear or it's unhealthy fear. And the unhealthy fear is that you've got no confidence in the promises of God. Right. Uh, and that God isn't going to fail you even when you fail him. And as again, it's back to where the heart is. And so God wants us to have this confidence, this assurance in our faith that, and there's going to be plenty of things in life that are going to bring fear, not just relapse. A lot of stuff. Yeah. And what is the Bible? It's a, a, a 
365 times in the Bible you see this this phrase, do not fear. Mm. 365 times. That's one day. Uh, That's once for each day of the once, year. Yeah. Once for each day of the year, right? Wow. So God knows that we're going to be afraid of a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. When it comes to relapse, here's the other person, and that is... Um, and I've already lost my train of thought. Well, and just, just like we talked about in the last episode about kind of taking thoughts captive in a sense, mm-hmm. the same thing you got to do with fear. Remind your fear of how big your God is and the promises of God and start telling, re- reminding yourselves of that, praying those promises to God mm-hmm. and eliminate that fear. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say about the other person is, and what is your fear based on? Like, if, if you've got no confidence in something other than yourself, then... Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fall, be afraid all the time. Right. And what God's trying to present to us in in salvation, and and Paul talks about this is it's a renewing of the mind, meaning your perspective has to change. The way you look at stuff has to be different. Yeah. And so stop looking at it like it's the end. And that's why you're afraid. Stop start looking at it like, man, there's hope. And not all is lost. And and I might not know much about who God is, but I can rest on that and say, man, I'm going to find out more about that. And and again, I have to go back to the comparison of what the option, is, the other option is, which is, man, you do need to be ashamed of yourself. You you have failed. You need to go back to the beginning. All has been lost, uh, and because your value only comes from how many clean days you have. Now, the flip side of this is that. And when you approach somebody in your failure and you're like, but I've been forgiven by God and I'm going to keep driving on. They're like, you don't expect people to like agree yeah, with that. You that's know? good. That's good. Yeah. And, and whether they see that, agree with that or, or have the same feeling as you, that doesn't matter. You, you press on just like Paul. Yeah, man, I'm sure Paul and Philippians, as he's describing, I press on, I forget what lies behind. I'm sure there were people that did not forget what Paul did to them in the past. Absolutely. So that will happen. Finally, I'm going to, I'm going to address the family member and then we're going to take the question uh, from the listener at the end. Um, to you, family member, yes, you're hearing things like sometimes relapse can be a part of this process of recovering. Um, and yes, that's true, um, but it doesn't have to be, right? And so we want to make it clear. We're not sitting here saying, hey, you know, live flippant because you could just relapse and it's a part of it and you're pre- yeah. premeditating that. Yeah, no, relapse is not okay. It's not right. a good thing. No, and, and in fact, man, so many people across this country uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna go into re- rehab tomorrow, and they want to have one last hoorah, and they don't make it. And so we're not promised tomorrow. And, and and talking to the family, but also talking to that person that just relapsed, man, when you hate that sin so much and you love God so much, man, these things will start to fade away. You won't. And talking to the first person with the fear, you're not gonna have that fear. You're not gonna be afraid of a relapse. You're not gonna be in those situations. You're going to grow. You're going to do this. So, yeah, press on, man. Yeah. Relapse, relapse. We're not afraid of the R word, right? Yeah. We'll press on. Yeah, definitely it's not a goal. <laughs> and let me, let me just say this because in the Bible it talks about uh, these people who were seeking God, uh, but they were corrupt in their thinking. And Paul had to address them in this because they came to the conclusion. This just shows the, 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 the human uh, ability to manipulate anything that's even good, right? It's just... They were saying, well, hey, if God is about forgiveness and God's glorified when we're forgiven, then we should just do things to be more forgiven. 
which means we should just sin the more. And Paul's like, absolutely, by no means. By no means. Like, where is your heart? Like, yeah. if you're okay with that, then there's something not right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Paul, by that, that phrase, by no means, is very strong language in the Greek. He's actually saying, heck no. You know, but okay, great. We talked about relapse, and, and that, that's going to roll us to this question. This question comes from Alabama. It says this, how do we know what God is calling us to do? Man, that might need to be an entire episode, but we'll spend a minute or two it's on it right the, now. That's the question of the, of the ages. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And especially just um, finishing out my my uh, degree in religion and Christian counseling, uh, I had to take a lot of uh, philosophy classes, and that's the age-old question, not about God, but where did we all come from and why are we here, Right. So how do we know what God is calling us to do? We're going to fly by this because we're running out of time, but we might spend a whole episode talking about this. And I guess what you're, calling, you're talking about is your calling. We know a few things. Uh, we know a few things what we're all called to do. Uh, so, and that's what? Bring God glory. Uh, make, make God's name famous. Love him. Love neighbor. Uh, but also go and make disciples of all nations. Um, so we could get into some details of this, and I, and I probably will if we decide to do an episode on this calling thing. But, man, I would say that there is, um, there is confirmation. God will, will put on your heart the thing that he would have you do, and then the people that God's put around you will confirm that, right? Uh, and, and you'll start to feel conviction that you're not doing it, you're not walking inside of it. And, and man, people will confirm that around you, that, hey, you're supposed to be doing that, or won't always be that clear, but that's kind of how the process that I've seen in the past. But also, God's given you natural talents, but He's also given you spiritual gifts. Uh, and I would say you line those up, uh, line those up. And if you're just like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do, you can line some of those gifts and talents up and maybe write them down and say, man, I would be a good school teacher or whatever, you know. Uh, but being obedient to that call, that, that conviction inside that says, get up and move, being obedient to that one day, one step at a time, then all of a sudden it gets easier and less awkward, and all of a sudden you're rocking it out. Yeah, and let me just add some some hope and and all that. Not that you're not presenting it, but to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is a go to verse yeah. that we all always use, which is for I know the plans I have for you, desires of the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's what God's will is for you in life. Now, past that, trying to determine what God's up to and what he expects of me in that, I mean, that's what the Word of God is for. We're constantly to, to be hungry and thirsty for God's will in that we seek it. That's right. And then God says what you seek will be given. That's right. And, and I would add to that, and then we're going to close. I would add to that that if, if you're, man, because so often <laughs> I've heard a funny story once. A pastor or lady came to the church early one morning, big church, told the pastor, Pastor, God told me I'm supposed to preach today. And he looked at him and he said, well, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, there's things that will be in line. If, if you're feeling that God's calling you to do something, if that's what the question is, I really feel like God's calling me to do something, how do I know if it's real? Line it up with Scripture. Does it line up with what God says? Does is it line up or is it more your will or His will? Line it up with His will. But then also, I'm a firm believer that God will put it on people to confirm in you. If you're allowing people to speak into your life, you'll start to see that 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 your calling will be confirmed. You know, so 
Great question, great episode. That's the time we have today. Keep coming. It works if you're working. (laughs) (laughs) So they say. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Oh, man, we have fun. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.